So I want to welcome you to the show today and remind you that Valerie and Company, my leadership development firm, is a full service going into your companies, working with you as individuals on leadership development. So give me a call. I'd like to work with you. Okay, I want to thank my sponsor today, Stephanie Taylor Bags. It's actually, this website is taylorbags.com taylorbags.com. This particular bag is absolutely fabulous for any of us who are traveling somewhere, and I use it to do that. So I wanted to show you because she's known for all of her organization. I don't know about you, but I need everything I can get. A laptop can go in there. My notepad goes in today because I'm using it. I've got a place for my cell phone. I've got a place, pockets, pockets, pockets. So you've got to take a look at this because I don't know if another handbag this quality made in Spain and Italy that you can take and know it will last forever. Everywhere I go, my tailored bag goes with me. All right, so let me tell you about the show today. My guest's current career <clears throat> was in the reserves as a major. And Kim Spate, Kimberly Spate, however you want to call it, is now a fabulous keynote speaker telling the audiences all about her story and inspiring them forevermore. I'll tell you a little bit about it. She was inspired to coach, which she now does, senior military executives who were transitioning into the civilian world. Lots of them there. Thank goodness we have those people working in our workplaces. You talk about discipline. They are. You are, Kim. She knew how to do this because she had done it herself successfully. So I want you in a few moments to listen to her life's lessons throughout her military experience, being a mom, moving regularly as a wife of a military husband, and now serving senior military and corporate executives as an executive coach and as a professional speaker. Stay tuned. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. So I just want to say welcome, Kimberly, and I'm going to call you Kim. Is that okay? Spade? That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You did give me permission, so I knew you would say yes. And first of all, Kim, thank you for your service. My pleasure. Thank you, truly. How did you choose this path, Kim? Well, I think it chose me. Okay. Um, I was in... Uh, school and heard a student, a fellow student, share her experience. Uh, she had an opportunity to go to Annapolis and visit the campus for uh, two weeks at the Naval Academy. And she came back in our course uh, in science class and shared about uh, what that was like. And I had never heard about any of the military academies at that point in time. So I was really interested. And uh, I, at that point in time, decided to apply to the Naval Academy. Uh, to the Air Force Academy and as well as West Point. 
and I got accepted to the Air Force Academy first, and that's where I ended up, and it started a fabulous journey for me. I want you to tell us all about that journey. Um, you know, you said in the pre-interview, Kim, one thing that you learned big time was get close to someone who has served and get mentored. Yes, you are an officer, or let's take it corporate, an executive, and you have authority, but you still need to learn. I think that's a great lesson for all of us. Tell us about that. Absolutely. When we were at the academy, that's one of the things that we learned in our training. Uh, even though we were going to come out as officers, so you graduate from the Air Force Academy as a second lieutenant. And so technically you're over uh, anyone that came into the enlisted force. So while you do have the authority, uh, you don't really have any life experiences. And so the uh, counsel we got was to make sure that you found someone uh, when you were active duty, someone who had experience and learn from them. Even though you have the authority, uh, you know, you need to use it wisely. And so you need to learn. And so that's what I did. I took that to heart and made sure that I uh, learned from the best. I, you know, uh, was willing to get mentored, ask for mentorship, and it was, it was a game changer for me. We need mentors. In fact, that's what Monday Morning Leadership for Women is about, a conversation about two people talking about mentorship. So it's, it's, a big, it's a big thing. Everyone needs a mentor. I look back and I didn't realize the word mentor should have been attached to him, but I did in my first job have a man that was my boss. And he gave me every opportunity in the world to fulfill an idea I would have and bring to him. I'd say, you know, here's something I've been thinking we could do. What do you think? And he every time said, that sounds good, go ahead. I will never forget him because the growth I had and frankly, the ROI for the company was a big deal. So um, when you think about being mentored and people in your life and your teammates, talk to us a little bit about the importance in the military of team. And, when you talked to me, you said, you know, <laughs> if anyone got in trouble, the whole unit got in trouble. Did anything like that happen? Well, absolutely. So at the Air Force Academy, you start as a fourth classman and you're not gonna make it through the fourth class system uh, if you don't team well with your other people in your squadron that are also in the, the four degree year. Mm -hmm. uh, we would do well together and we would uh, not do well together. and. <laughs> If there was someone who wasn't able to hold their part up, you couldn't move forward. It, we, we survived as a team. So um, we all wanted to do our part knowing that we would impact everybody else along the way. And the life lessons for that was, of course, you know, once you became active duty, if you were ever in a wartime situation, you're not there by yourself. You're there with a team. And so you have to function as a team. So it was really important uh, to know, to do your part on the team, to do your best on the team, because, you know, it, it, it could, it could be life and death at some point in time. So that's the way we, that's the way we practiced. You know, Kim, that takes us to what we both now do in working with executives in organizations. What do you find is missing or good in the corporate, in the business, in the entrepreneur's life? What I think um, 
could be missing. Sometimes that that leadership, the, the um, ability to lead. So sometimes people get elevated to different positions. Mm -hmm. uh, they get promoted into a position, but it doesn't mean that they understand leadership. So there's managers and then there, there's leaders. And so I think I had an opportunity in folks that have gone through the military, we have an opportunity to learn leadership along the way. Uh, I myself at the academy, it was a leadership laboratory for four years. And I learned a lot of lessons so that by the time that I was actually active duty, then you know you progress up the ranks and you learn that leadership. You can learn a lot from great leaders as well as leaders who aren't so great. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot to be learned either way. Uh, but I think sometimes in private industry, people are, and, and also in the military, you can be put in a position and not yet ready to lead. So I think that's, um, and I think years ago, there was a, they eliminated a lot of those middle level positions. And so there was a gap in leadership, a gap in those folks coming up next. So uh, leadership is, uh, it's, uh, it's really important. It's one of those types of things that you can't, you know, look on your shoulder and point your shoulder and go, you know, follow me because of the rank I wear. Uh, it's really something that's earned. It is earned, yes. And, you know, I'm often asked, what does it take to be a good leader? How would you answer that, Kim? Well, from my experience, I think it takes caring about your team. It, it takes getting to know the people on your team, trying to understand, um, you know, what's important to them, uh, grooming them for the next level, uh, really investing in the people. Because what I have found is if you invest in others, they will, they will move mountains for you if you're willing to first invest in them and be interested in them. You know, on that note, this assessment that's come out, emotional intelligence and um, all the workshops that we both do around that, I think that's really helped to help leaders and those who work with them know really how self-aware they are. And it's interesting, Kim, I was involved with a corporation in presenting that program and then debriefing it with the assessment with the people. And I have to tell you, I was surprised at, I will just say, the number of leaders who were in great positions, senior level positions, and their self-awareness score was not as high as they had wanted and expected. There was that surprise. And that wasn't easy to debrief that assessment when they found that out. I, I'm curious to ask you about this and talking about emotional intelligence. Have you found, now that you're a civilian and working with executives, have you found that military people, when they are civil, come out and are civilians and become leaders in companies or start their own, do they make better leaders, do you think? Oh, I think they, for the, on the whole, I think they make excellent leaders. The ones that I work with, they've served 20 to 30 years, mm. and they are truly executives. I mean, they are uh, they are leading teams in sometimes dire circumstances. So they are true leaders, and leadership is transferable. So the things that got them to where they are in the military, when they transition out of the military after 20 or 30 years as a leader, that's all transferable. They may need to do a little bit of the spin-up in terms of the actual um expertise for that particular job, but they learn very fast as well. So it doesn't take them all day to 
to uh, learn some of the nuances of a particular industry, but a lot of the skills that they've developed in the military are definitely transferable. And I think they make excellent excellent leaders. I look at my husband, I look at his transformation, uh, transition from the military into the civilian world, and he has impacted the organizations he's worked with in very positive ways. Well, of course, I knew that was a loaded question. I knew you'd answer it <laughs> just like that. And, and the reason I wanted to ask it is because I have a sense that there's discipline that's missing in our world today in the workplace. What do you think? Well, you know, I guess it's going to be situational, right? For each company and each um, organization in how they instill that discipline. Now, certainly the military, they come with the discipline uh, in hand. And so I think, you know, but it's also times are changing. And I think as we look at our culture, our culture has changed quite a bit in terms of uh, discipline and what's expected. So um, companies are going to mirror, right, the, 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 the environment. Yeah. So oh, I, well, I think there's some truth to that. Okay. And so I'll take that to even generations because there's so much talk about, and I don't like it for groups to be labeled, this generation is like this and this generation is like that. We're all individuals. But there is a lot of talk about the younger generations having unacceptable, not unacceptable, but um, expectations that just aren't achievable in two days to become a vice president, as an example. <laughs> or I'll tell you, when I spoke recently to a group of MBAs, they were discussing this whole thing, and one spoke up and said, you know, um, I've, I've been told by my mentor that, talking about discipline and and society that when I get my first job, I should not say Mr. to a senior executive. I should call him or her by the first name. What do you say to that? Well, I think that's interesting. I actually teach that to my military folks. Now, granted, they're, they're much older, but I have to teach them, don't say, well, sir and ma'am. Uh, and and often Mr. or Miss, because I, I well, let's take, for instance, my neighbors, uh, they have young children. When we first moved into our neighborhood, very young children. And I was being introduced by my first name. Uh, I didn't necessarily love it, but that's the generation that they've come up. A lot of these younger folks have come up by first name introductions. It doesn't mean that they don't have the respect necessarily, but it's just the way they've been socialized, I think. You know, Kim, you have such a great personality, and Aww. you're outgoing, and I know that you weren't always. So help those of us who, I'm not one, but the majority of the world statistically is more introverted than extroverted, and not easily able to go into a room full of strangers and just meet people. Which are you? I am an extrovert, <laughs> uh, but what I would say is that I think knowledge is power. I always I get that question a lot about introverts, and I would tell an introvert, you actually can meet people, have better conversations easier than someone like myself who's an extrovert. The reason being is I like to talk, and I'll just go, 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 and I have to remind myself to pull back, whereas an introvert is a natural listener, and that makes a great opportunity for great conversations. 
because all you have to do is have a, you know, have a couple of questions, open-ended questions, hopefully positive open-ended questions, and then just listen and then make statements based on what the other person has said and the conversation will just flow. So I think an introvert can actually network, what we call networking, mm -hmm. uh, which is actually building relationships. I think they can do that much better than an extrovert. <laughs> well, we both know that to be true and so does my audience. It's interesting when you uh, think about open-ended questions and I would just tag on to what you're saying in that if we just ask enough questions of the other person when it's, to, when it's a stranger and get them talking, then you can just sit back and what you said earlier, be a great listener and learn something. I, yeah. have to, I have to also mention a story I've, I've told many people, and it's about going up into a conference, and if there's wallflower people, go to them. Meaning, this happened to me once. There was a, a big conference, and a man was standing, literally holding the wall up. It was obvious he did not want to really socialize, or I would say probably wasn't comfortable. And I kept watching, and no one went up to him. So I did. And we started talking. And you know what, Kim? He ended up, you talk about networking and the importance of relationships. This was in Napa Valley. And we started a conversation. And as it turns out, he was known in Napa Valley as someone that comes in and buys a whole lot of wine for his big seller, he was a very successful businessman. And at the end of our conversation, just that short relationship, Kim, he said to my husband and I, well, which wineries are you going to tomorrow? And we said, well, we really haven't made plans. We just thought we'd start out on the road. And he said, well, why don't you follow me? I have meetings with several of them. Ooh, nice. Kim, see? What you do just you never know, right? That's right. You never know. I, I, yeah, I always tell people, you know, don't try to calculate the return on investment before you decide to meet someone. Right. Uh, and, and a perfect person that if they're standing by themselves, that makes it very easy to approach somebody because they probably would love to have a conversation and maybe just don't know how to start it or... Uh, you know, they're, they're someone that would be easy to have that conversation with. And so you just never know what might come out of that genuine, authentic building the relationship, just yeah. trying to understand who they are, what they're about, get a chance to know them a little bit. And then you just get blessed on the other side of that, I think. Okay, so I want you to give us a few tips. So when you tell audiences, here's how you successfully network at a big event where there are mostly strangers. Give us some tips. Well, the first tip I think is to think about it in terms of making an effort to build a relationship. So not a transactional thing. A lot of times when people go to a networking event, they think in terms of transaction, I need to get this, or, or they'll think I need to meet 20 people and, right. and or walk away with 20 business cards. And I think that's the wrong approach. So I think people should go with the idea of, I just wanna meet three or four really great people, have a great conversation and get to know them a little bit. Because okay, now way, let me let me interrupt a second because sure. you said something really interesting. You said three or four people. Kim, that's so true, isn't it? If you said it it takes the pressure off of someone. If I say, look, if you meet three people 
and build a relationship, meaning you've had a conversation and maybe exchanged cards, that's a relationship. If you just meet three, you can call yourself a successful network. What say you? I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. I think that's the better approach because your, your goal is to get to know somebody. Yeah. And if you if you're trying to meet 20 people, then you don't really have time to have a meaningful conversation with anybody. But if you say, OK, let me meet three or four, then you can have a 10 minute or 15 minute conversation. And then when you leave, like you said, you're going to get their contact information, you exchange information. And then it's very easy to pick that conversation up. You can you know, connect with them on LinkedIn or send them an email and say, you know, when we were talking about such and such, I thought this might be helpful for you or, you know, so you can pick up the conversation. And you will be amazed at what can come out of those relationships that you've started right then and there versus the other approach. I think a lot of times people walk away with business cards and they don't do anything with them. So right. it's not value added. And it's not about get, get, get. It's about give, 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 isn't it? I like Absolutely. to call, I like to call that Kim, be a value generator meaning generate value with someone. If you and I don't know each other and we've met at a conference, if, if you leave feeling more valued than when you met me, then that's a success instead of just, oh my gosh, I'm scared to death. How do I get out of this conversation? What am I gonna say? Give me an open-ended question. So give us some open-ended questions that you have felt really work. Okay, uh, one great open-ended question I like to ask is, tell me something good that happened to you today or yesterday. Great. And the way my dad used to say it was, he would say, tell me something you know good. So you just kind of have to figure <laughs> out, you know, in your vernacular how that works for you. Um, but it's the same, essentially the same question. And when you ask that, positive, open-ended question. I have seen people who've maybe they've suffered a loss of a pet or a loss of a loved one. I've seen them in both circumstances actually think really hard, come up with something good that they could share with me, mm -hmm. and then we continue the conversation on. Uh, but I like to think that I help them to feel good because uh, when, when you ask somebody a positive question like that, mm -hmm. then it starts to release those feel-good hormones in them, serotonin and dopamine. And so then they start to feel good because they're thinking about oh, another good one is tell me about your favorite vacation, right? So that mm -hmm. person's going to start thinking about that vacation. They thought, start thinking about all the fun that they had and they, they get really jazzed and excited about that. And then they start to associate that good feeling with you as well because you're the one that asked the question. That's sage advice. Wonderful. And thank you for asking when we were talking about my trip to Italy. We talked at least 30 minutes about that, didn't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, Kim, I'm curious, how do you feel about young men and women going through the uh, military today? Do we need young people to sign up? Absolutely, we do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the young people have a lot to offer. It's also a great opportunity for them uh, to learn and to give back. I think it's important for us to give back. Um, freedom is not free. Right. No. We, we need people. We need to be in a position that we um, have a position of strength, which actually deters things that we don't want to have, like wars. And okay. so we do need young people to sign up and, and join the military, be willing to give back, be willing to serve. We have a wonderful nation. I mean, we have we have our issues as well. Right. But um, 
it was a privilege for me to serve. And that's the way I look at it. Uh, but I got so much more out of it than I ever expected when I was a young person initially joining up. That's really good to hear. Thank you again for your service. So I always ask for your lessons learned in life, and we call them top takeaways. I want to mention a few and uh, have you elaborate just a, a bit. One of them I love is be your brilliant best. Everyone says, be your best, be the best person you can be, blah, blah, blah. You said, be your brilliant best. Why did you add the word brilliant? Well, I, I think because as a speaker, <laughs> you have to be brilliant <laughs> on stage, right? So, so, but when I started to think about just the way I approach life, uh, when I'm working even in an organization, I think you want to show up and deliver value. You want to be your best. You, if there's something that you don't understand or don't know, uh, lean forward, learn it because you're a part of a team. And if you're not bringing your brilliance, then you're not bringing the best to the team. And, and back to my military training, it's everybody's got to do their part. Mm -hmm. And so I think whenever we're showing up, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. That's so be brilliant. That's, that's just nutting it out. And, you know, realizing too, Kim, we all have brilliance. Too, yes. too many people say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my talent is. I don't know what my, what do you mean? I have a gift, gifts. Um, it's just who you are and what, what you can bring to the table that might be better than or different from someone else. And I love also when you said lean forward, you just said, but you also added and reinvent yourself. Kim, so many of us, not me, thank goodness, but people I coach and you do too, are going through transition back to the transition part of our conversation. Uh, what would you say how to get comfortable with transition? Well, transitions are going to happen in life. I mean, we all go through different transitions. And if you're about to approach a transition, I, you might as well embrace it. Because mm -hmm. if you embrace it and lean into it, uh, if you got to do it anyway, if, you, if you're going at it with, uh, through a fear yeah. lens, it's going to be so much more difficult. Mm -hmm. So if there's a transition that's going to happen, you know, lean into it because, you know, you just never know what's, you don't know what you don't know. And so what's on the other side can be awesome and amazing. And so, you know, you have to think about what it is that you're thinking about when you have that transition approaching, how are you thinking about it? Because if you're thinking about it in a negative way, then it's going to probably feel negative. But if you think about it in terms of a positive way, in terms of what are the possibilities, then you actually open up the aperture of other things that maybe you hadn't even thought about because now you're working in the prefrontal cortex of your brain versus the amygdala, which is the fear, and that closes down opportunities. You want to open up the opportunities. So it's going to happen anyway. We all go through transitions, so embrace it, lean into it. And, you know, thank you, Kim. That's a beautiful way of saying it. You and I both have studied the brain and what literally goes on when you put positive, it's kind of like a computer, when you put positive up, it stays positive. If you hit delete, it, you have to pay attention what you're feeding 
your mindset is what I'd say. And, and that kind of goes to one of the other top takeaways you gave me, which is say yes, even when you're scared, even <laughs> when it could go into that part of the brain that's fear, just stop it, keep it up here, right? Yeah, so I say say yes, as long as it's in alignment with your goals. So I think right. people should have goals and, and say yes. If it's something that's gonna help you achieve your goal, you may not know all of the ins and outs of how it's gonna work, but say yes and you'll figure it out. Uh, I just share that from my own personal experience. There were times when I was fearful about something and I, I said yes, because I saw that it was gonna help me accomplish the goal. And then I was able to figure out with God's grace, I was able to figure it out. And, and uh, you know, you take steps and things start to reveal themselves and you don't have to go it alone, alone because there are people that will come alongside mm -hmm. and offer aid as well. You know, the question that comes up for me for you, Kim, is some people I've spoken with really don't know what they want to do. I will say, you said goal. I might be saying, well, what's your goal? Well, I'm not sure. Well, what is it you want to accomplish? Well, I want to be successful. Have you ever coached someone like that? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I like to, and you've probably done this too, Valerie, is I like people to think about, uh, you know, 10 years from down the road, where do you want to be? Mm -hmm. And if, if you can see further, I also will, will recommend, you know, at the end of your life, what do you want to have accomplished? So I think looking back that way helps you then to say, well, if I want to, if I would like to have this legacy, right. let's say at the end of my life, then what do I need to do at a given point in order to get there? So if I'm coaching somebody in career transition, I often use 10 years. So if you want to be here at this point in 10 years, then where do you need to be at five at the five-year point? Mm -hmm. Okay, if you need to be here at the five-year point, then where do you need to be at the three-year point? And then down to the two, the one, the six months. So that's the way I think it helps people kind of frame things in terms of, uh, you know, where you're headed. Because if you don't have a goal, if you don't have a plan, you can end up all over the map. And at the end of your life, you're like, well, what did I accomplish? Yeah. So we we want to have that purpose. Everybody's searching for that meaningful purpose in Absolutely. life. And so for me, it just helped to think in terms of at the end of my life, what is the legacy that I would want to have left? Yeah. Or just put one foot in front of the other and try one new thing. Try one new thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Kim, you uh, have been so successful and disciplined and smart as a whip. I want to ask you something. We, we talk about the women's Wonder Woman syndrome kind of thing. Um, what would you say to a woman who is striving because you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a leader, you're a speaker, blah, blah, blah. You've got a lot of hats you wear and so do many others. What would you say to someone that is trying to do it all and stay balanced. Are you balanced, Kim? <laughs> I am balanced. Uh, how, how, how? <laughs> so, I, you know, if I were to take myself as an example, I would say I didn't, I didn't try to do it all at the same time. Great. That was, was my approach. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where you have to value what is the, what is the most important? What is the next important? and then prioritize accordingly. Because I think we get pulled in so many different directions 
and you'll get burnout if you try to do everything at excellence, uh, depending on how many different things you're trying to juggle. So I would say, you know, prioritize, really take some time to think about what is it that's really important to me right now at this stage of my life? And then number one, number two, number three, and then a lot the amount of time appropriate according to that. That would be my, my recommendation. I think that's good advice for all of us. Kim, this has been so fun because we've talked about you as a civilian, you in the military, you as a mom, balance. Um, we could go on forever. Is there a question that you'd love me to ask and I haven't yet? I, I think the generosity, mm. I think generosity and inclusiveness, you know, asking about, um, you know, how can we make other people feel welcome? Yeah. And I think the answer to, for me is I try to value everyone. I think everyone is valuable, whether they see it themselves or not. Yeah. Everyone has value just because they are. And I think so many times in our head, we have a lot of self-talk that's not always positive. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we can get in our own way. So I think we have to think what it is that we think about uh. and make sure the things that we're thinking about, we're evaluating, where did that thought come from? Uh, is, that, is that thought still valid? Mm -hmm. am, I putting, am I talking to myself in a positive way? Because so many times we'll say so many things to ourselves that we would not let somebody else say to us, we would be offended, but we will say it to ourselves. So I think we really need to be careful about the things that we say to ourselves because we're with ourselves 100% of the time. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and we're hearing our thoughts. So um, I like to say, uh, I like to tell myself in the morning who I am before the world tells me who I'm not. So I have a list of things that I tell myself who I am. And so I think that would be something that I would, I would want people to think about. That's beautiful, Kim. That's beautiful. And you have a beautiful book. I hope you've got a copy there because I didn't get yours in the mail yet. Can you show us the title of your book, please? Because we're all going to want it. I need to know you. How, How to meet ordinary, extraordinary people and improve your life. Oh, that's great. Is there one chapter as a fellow author that you enjoyed writing the most or topic? You know, I... I I have to say no, because the, each chapter is about, it's about a challenge that I took to meet 100 people in 100 days. And so in each chapter, it is the stories of the people that I met. And again, everybody is valuable. So I, I think all of them are great just because it's their stories. How did you meet 100 people in 100 days? I was intentional about it. I took up a challenge and I held myself accountable and I, actually, I, I posted it on, I, I got my network involved and I said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I'm going to post the story or tell you who I met each day. I'm going to meet 100 people 100 days. And so my network really helped me and encouraged me. And so once I, once I set the intention, then I, you know, took it, like you said, one step at a time, one day at a time, one person at a time, and just really enjoyed the journey, really enjoyed talking to people learning about their stories and people were so kind and generous with their stories and everybody took a picture with me so uh, that was it was so um so amazing that experience 
That is an amazing challenge. You know what? I have to really think about that, especially after COVID, Kim. We don't have to be in our houses anymore. We don't have to be stuck behind our computer all the time. Even if we are for, let's say, eight hours a day. We've got weekends. We've got after hours. Yes, intentionally. I love it. That's really good advice as we end the show. Kim, thank you for all the tips that you've given us and sharing your journey and your life. Thank you so much. And I want to be in the audience soon if you're in the Dallas area. So let me know. Thank you so much, Valerie, for having me. I just really appreciate you. I really appreciate you having an opportunity to get to know you better because uh, to me, it's all about the people and I think you're awesome. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Back at you, my friend. And stay tuned for a minute because I always end with a Valerieism, and I'll share with you what it is today. Um, you can't do the job if you don't know the job. You can't do the job if you don't know the job. And I'll tell you why this came to me. So as we talked about, I do leadership development programs, and Kim does too. And you know what? The very first thing I intentionally do is do everything I can to get to know the job, the roles of the people to whom I'm going to be presenting. Even if it's an audience of a thousand, I will ask the meeting planner, let me talk with 10 people who will be in that audience. And you know what? It makes a difference when you can talk their talk, feel like you've walked their walk and been in their shoes. So that's my Valerieism today. You can't do the job if you don't know the job. Now listen up. Please don't forget to hit the red button and subscribe if you have not. And if you have, please would you share with your friends and family and colleagues. I want to grow this vlogcast to thousands, and I'm already very pleased at where we are. So help me do that if you appreciate the effort and the time and the guests that go into this. And that's my story for today. Until next time, stay cool out there. It's hot weather. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, valerieandcompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.